Year after year after year, I hear people tell me that they do not want to pay large subscription fees or for memberships to be able to get access to content related to safety. So me and my friends here at Safety FM have come up with an idea called Safety FM Plus. This is a video streaming service that allows you to have some downloadable document content available readily wherever you are. You can go to the website safetyfmplus.com or go to the Apple Store app and download it for your iPhone, iPad, or even Apple TV. It's also available on Android and Android TV, Roku, and Fire TV. We want to be wherever you are. So to get you started, you can come to the website or download the apps as we just discussed. The other great portion about this is that if you sign up right now at safetyfmplus.com, you will get a downloadable version of Simple Revolutionary Acts, the first book by Dr. Todd Conklin as part of your membership to get into this. So go right now to safetyfmplus.com to find out more information. That is safetyfmplus.com. This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome to the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is the podcast where I show you the business of being a safety consultant. And this week, I have something special for you. Something that I have not done before, which is kind of cool for me. But I'm actually going to play something that was... Well, it'll technically be a rebroadcast for me. So this is coming from Safety FM Plus. And if you have not heard of Safety FM Plus, you need to like ASAP. So if you're not driving, <laughs> you know what it is if you're driving. So let's go ahead and go to safetyfmplus.com. So this was a brainchild of Jay Allen, and he actually is the heart and soul behind the whole Safety FM network. He had the idea of, let's see if we could do something a little differently, and differently equal, how can we get safety content out there to individuals for such a low price that it'll be, you know, you cannot resist to go ahead and sign up for this thing. And uh, he did it. So this is a platform that you could not only have on your computer, but it's available on iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, Android, Android TV, Roku, and Fire TV from Amazon. So it's truly where you want to be. You could just sit back and watch content that is going to be safety content that's wonderful for you. So uh, I know in the last year you saw the, uh, the or heard when he was doing on this podcast about the revolution and the revolution begins. Uh, this is it. So this is that. Uh, this is the fulfillment of that revolution. So what I'm going to do in today's show is he has a playlist out there, and this one is available to the public. And uh, all you have to do is go to safetyfmplus.com, browse through the playlist, and you want to get around the safety pod. And there's been three episodes at the time of this recording, 
and with permission, I have uh, the opportunity to play back one of these episodes. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to go around the safety pod. And uh, what that means, and I'm a, I'm a podcast junkie, I got I to be real. I listen to podcasts in and out of safety all the time. And this show is specifically any safety show in or out the Safety FM network that uh, catches his attention. Uh, Jay, as in his, uh, he actually puts this on here. And another person who's responsible for this as well is uh, Dr. Todd Conklin. So you got Dr. Jay Allen, you got Dr. Todd Conklin together, and they created this around the safety pod. So with Todd and Jay, uh, truly... You, you're hearing collection and just little snippets of collection from different uh, safety podcasts. Give you a little hint, I'm in this one, which is awesome. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you what position because it is ranked, but it's ranked in no certain order. It's just so that uh, there's some order to it, but it's not as in this is best versus this is not best. Uh, it's actually just a, a order ranking but not ranking by this is the best show versus not best show. So put that out there. Uh, there's many playlists on Safety FM, so please, I would just tell you, go ahead and subscribe today to it. Uh, this isn't a paid advertising in any way. I just believe in the product because I'm even one of those playlists. So when you go on the playlist section on safetyfmplus.com, look at the channels channels represents playlist around the safety pod is where we're going to be today but if you go to OSHA compliance help with Sheldon Primus guess who that is that's me so I actually have four videos that once you subscribe to safety FM plus uh, you can actually go ahead and listen to things that aren't aired anywhere else this is only on the safety FM plus network so I, I created this and I sent it over to Jay so that you can have this. And then also, uh, there are other uh, just things that people have given to him. So uh, truly, you really need to check out the safetyfmplus.com. Uh, subscribe. It's very affordable for a subscription. You have two ways of subscribing. You can subscribe monthly for $9.99. Uh, for a month, and that's a three-day free trial, or you can subscribe for the annual, and that's $99.95. So those are the two different ways that you can subscribe. Without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and, and do the Around the Safety Pod show. This is going to be episode three, and after this, you're just going to hear the music fade out. So... Have fun with this one. I did. I really, I really enjoyed these. So I'll see you on Safety FM Plus. Go get them. Well, welcome to episode three of Around the Safety Podcast. A lot of people enjoying episode two. So let me tell you what the goals are for this show today. We're trying to get you in and out in less than 30 minutes to let you know exactly what is going on around the podcast world related to safety. That's why we have our little show here, Around the Safety Pod. 
Thank you. Over the last week, we actually hung out with Todd Conklin on the pre-accident investigation, having a discussion on what the show is about. Anyways, this particular show is the brainchild of yours truly and Todd Conklin. But let's not talk anymore and let's get you into the mix with clip number 10 here on Around the Safety Pod. In the mix. This is Captain Josh Roundtree. I'm the Global Vigilance Combined Test Force Chief of Safety. So I'm Colonel Rohrberg's uh, Chief of Safety over his squadron over there. And I'm also a test pilot for the for the RPA squadron as well. Uh, my introduction, so I started finding myself into uh, in autonomy type of systems and projects back when I was in operational tests with the uh, with the RQ4. Um, and we, we dabble a little bit back then. And then as I went into and I started going through the Air Force's test pilot school, that's where, where I was really thrown into the deep end about what we're doing with autonomy and ways we're trying to figure out how to test these systems, how to tease out how well they're performing at various tasks that we ask them to. Uh, and so that's where my my introduction to autonomy came from and where my interest really, really uh, began to explode there as well. And so as, as we go along, I try to find a way to marry up the, uh, uh, the capabilities of autonomy with remotely piloted aircraft and ultimately unmanned aircraft as we, as we move forward in this field. It's a pretty exciting time to be in it. Excellent. Thanks, Voodoo. How about Lieutenant Avery? Over to you. Tell us about what you're working on. Hey, this is Lieutenant Avery Leonard. I'm the uh, Deputy Chief Engineer at the Emergent Technologies CTF. Been out at Edwards for about a year now and uh, came right to the ETCTF. And we mostly handle uh, flight tests for small UAS. So typically we provide a surrogate UAS platform for our customers to come in and fly their autonomy. And really we actually do a lot of data collection for these developers uh, early on in the development of their autonomy. We're not doing so much uh, actual evaluation of it, like a finished product. We're, we're very early in the DE uh, testing. So we actually normally do a lot of test uh, and simulation first, even at the ETCTF before we actually go and flight test it. Uh, and we actually usually bring the autonomy developers out as well to operate their autonomies. So it's interesting what we do out here. Looking forward to talking more about that. All right, thanks. And then uh, how finally for you and what you're currently working on? Yeah, sure. I'm uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ryan Heffron. Go by Hal. I'm uh, the Director of Curriculum Standards at uh, Test Pilot School, and I'm also working on a variety of uh, AI and, you know, kind of machine learning topics as applied to, to aircraft. Uh, in particular, uh, we've been leading some TMPs uh, at Test Pilot School, right, some test management projects. Uh, uh, for, for those not familiar with them, they're kind of short um, programs, uh, about two, two weeks in length, uh, where we'll go out and do some flight tests. Of course, uh, there's a lot of work leading up to that flight test in terms of planning and execution um, or in terms of planning we have the execution window and the reporting, uh, you know, kind of uh, after the uh, the execution window there. Uh, of course, our, our students are, are the ones really uh, pushing the envelope on these on these tests. But we've had a variety of uh, autonomy and AI related uh, tests recently, uh, one of which was uh, the Have Spiders program, which I'm sure you'll hear more about in, in the future here from uh, Voodoo, uh, that put some uh, autonomy uh, and AI, if you will, onto an F-16, and we went out and uh, flew it here uh, last March. Uh, we have a, a handful of other ones coming up uh, that we're going to be utilizing the Calspan Learjet for, uh, in particular, uh, taking a look at some uh, sim-to-real uh, challenges that exist uh, as you start to apply 
uh, advanced autonomy uh, to, you know, our aircraft domain. If you're trying to train an AI agent how to control an aircraft and simulation, there are a lot of uh, considerations with uh, transitioning that uh, that agent that was trained in simulation to being able to fly and execute in the real world. And so we're starting to tackle some of those problems uh, as well with upcoming uh, projects uh, again this uh, this coming March. Uh, so so definitely a lot more to follow there. Uh, and uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that for now. Uh, we do have a, a lot of other work going on as well, but uh, we can we can dive into those weeds in a little bit. Well, that clip is coming to you directly off the Flight Test Safety Channel. That is episode 13. I was watching 2001 Space Odyssey the other night. That's normally how it starts off. A lot of stuff going on on that particular one. Take a listen when you get a chance. Now let's go into clip number nine in no particular order. In the mix. I feel like you've said before at Mistel that it's like the best and the worst thing that you've oh, ever yeah. done. Absolutely. The best, worst thing ever. I, I was really, um, I was glad to go in not knowing anything. Like I literally went in completely blind and some people say that's good. Some people say that's bad and you should have an idea. I was really glad I went in not knowing anything. Um, the first night we met our TAC officers. I didn't know it was coming. I had no idea what to expect. So I was like, whatever, and woke up and ran out there and just did it. You know, I I didn't know it was coming for me. So ignorance was bliss in that way, you know? Yeah. So either way, I mean, you just have to make up your mind to stay. Anyone who says they didn't think about quitting is lying. You sit in a classroom after all your stuff's been thrown around and your body hurts Mm -hmm. and you haven't slept and you're saying, is it worth it? And in that moment, you just have to make the decision that it is. And the ones that stay are the ones that know it's worth it and want to be there. The ones that go are the ones that, you know. It's not worth it to them. So, as you know, it's definitely been rewarding, though, ever since. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably the best job you can have. Yeah. Influential people's lives. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. That clip is coming to you from Oklahoma Highway Patrol Train Like a Trooper podcast. That's no joke there, as I say that. And this was episode numero dos what it means to be a trooper, the 67th Oklahoma Highway Patrol Academy. Anyway, so that's if you're interested in becoming a highway patrol person in Oklahoma. So let's continue going around the podcast world with Around the Safety Pod. Here's your next one. In the mix. So I went back to my office, uh, found a very interesting uh, OSHA presentation uh, titled Business Case for Safety. It was uh, published, uh, actually made available uh, back in 2004. And there it was. In that presentation, I found the answer why compliance is not the real answer to all these problems. Uh, I have never done a cost-benefit analysis before. I have never done OSH risk assessment uh, before. And I quickly realized that in order to convince the CEO, I needed to learn to speak their language. So OSH professionals should be speaking in a language that uh, the upper management commonly uses. And uh, that is the language of risk, not compliance. 
Well, that particular clip is coming off of the ASSP Safety Podcast, The Case for Safety, The Importance of Risk Management. Unfortunately, the episodes are not numbered, so I can't give you the number for that one, but pretty good clip there, I have to tell you. So let's continue on with Around the Safety Pod, and here is number seven coming your way. In the mix. Yeah, as I say, my um, a lot of my business, it was like the, the plug had been pulled on it, really, at the middle of March. Um, mm. So a lot of my clients are food-based. So obviously, a lot of them have had to close. Um, majority of them have had to furlough their staff. Yeah. So um, a lot of them aren't even trading. Um, obviously, the enforcement side of it, um, that stopped as well because I was a consultant. So the guys that I work with, they're still carrying on. Um, so I've been still giving advice over the phone. I've actually written some COVID-19 policies um, for some new clients um, just so that they could still be up and running. So um, a couple of um, electricians, so doing some work for them. Um, yeah. And I've also then tried to adapt the way that I'm working. So I currently, um, well, I was uh, doing some training sort of face-to-face training um, I'm a registered center with high field learning um, and they produce some really really good courses um, unfortunately haven't been able to obviously do the face-to-face stuff so I'm now um, set up to be some online training so e-learning um, is something that I'm from an enforcement point of view it, it sort of ticks the box um, it's not something that I feel comfortable in a way sort of producing um, for clients I don't think it's the best um, training resource, but it's a means to an end. And actually, for a lot of people that have been furloughed, it's still being able to keep their hand in. And there's quite a few, you know, that need updating on sort of level two um, health and safety, food safety, allergen, mm-hmm. that sort of training. And it, it's a really good resource for them. I think anything beyond level two, I don't think it's really the best way to go about training. But it's a, yeah. it, it sort of ticks the box, really. Well, that one came off of the safety podcast, but that's safety with an I with Richard Collins. And that's from the episode where he interviewed Shauna Darley. You can find it on your favorite podcast catcher. Anyways, let's continue on with around the safety podcast. And here is clip number six, just for you. In the mix. Anyway, there's the Star Wars analogy. So between Susie and Brad and Willie and you and even I throw Cosette and Leia in there, um, that's some that's incredible company. So nice work. All right. Now that you've been the director of Micron of EHS for, I think, six years now, what is it about people, people that really motivate you to protect them? Yeah, you know, um, this is one and I'm going to I'm going to, you know, kind of give out kind of the cliche response, unfortunately. But I think for me, um, it's really important for me. You know, I'm I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I have a very close knit family. Um And that is what I think about when I go to work, when I commute to work, when I'm at work. And that is what I think about when I think of, you know, my coworkers, my colleagues, um, the employees that, that I've been tasked to provide, you know, safety, um, and health services for at Micron. And it's that aspect that, you know, 
um, having people really come to work and leave work, you know, the same way that they came into the door um, is very important to my team and I. And we've echoed it repeatedly throughout this pandemic. Um, and then throughout all of the other, you know, um, different types of safety activities that we have going on at a company like Micron. And it is incredibly important to me. And that is my high motivator, thinking about, you know, people's families, the impact that a life altering injury um, or a fatality or something of that nature can have to those individuals that, you know, depend on their family member, um, not just for income, but for, you know, it's their person. It's a, it's, you know, it's part of their family, their friends, um, you know, and, and unfortunately throughout my career, you know, I've had, um, or, or seen events, um, life altering injuries or fatalities where, you know, you've had to deliver that message to someone's close friends or their family. And it's devastating. You see the devastation with people. So, um, our profession being out there, being available, being that extra set of eyes that is looking out for people, putting those mitigation policies, practices, um, engineering and, and different types of controls in place is so important because, you know, when you walk onto a campus or you walk into a working environment, um, sometimes, you know, people just, you know, depending on what's on their mind each day, you know, might not think about different things. And so, you know, having us there being that extra set of eyes, being those people that, um, are looking out for them is really important to me just because I want everybody to, to know that we care, we're there for them. We're here to help them. We're not here to be a, a burden or, or a trouble, but we are here to help. And we really, truly want people to go home the same way that they came so that they can enjoy that time with their friends and family, because that's why we all work. You know, money is a great motivator, but it's not the top motivator. And we really want, um, you know, people to enjoy their lives with their friends and family and people that, you know, are meaningful to them. Okay, so that clip came off of Storytelling in Safety, hosted by Tim Page. Seven steps to a great pandemic response with Ashley Coons. So there you go. So let's continue going down the path of around the safety pod as we get you moving and grooving with 30 minutes or less of what's going on inside of this world of safety. Let's do the next one, but let's do it right now. In the mix. In the mix. A few years ago, I was reading through some training slide decks for R&D, otherwise known as rip-off and duplicate purposes. A huge, bold statement caught my eye and dropped my jaw. The statement was beyond asinine at first blush, but I wanted to tell you. So, I texted my friend Rick, who I've written about a few times on RelentlessSafety.com. I saved the text because I knew I'd want to recall the story someday. Me. Hey, Rich. Have you ever cut yourself shaving? Rich, of course. Me, did you choose to? Rich, no, but I learned not to shave while drinking. The text went on for much longer and devolved into comments that I probably shouldn't ever publish. I don't need people knowing how twisted I am in real life. Suffice it to say that our friendship is partly predicated on an unspoken challenge to see who can say something so vile that the other can no longer reply. For the record, Rich is the only person who can beat me at that game. The statement was, well, something. The slide that had caught my attention proudly and boldly read, if you believe all accidents are preventable, then you have to believe all accidents are a choice. While I'm fully aware that 
There are many who think things like that. I'm still amazed when people try to sell their non sequitur arguments to others as fact. The part that bothered me wasn't the touting of the tired all accidents are preventable mantra. <clears throat> Let me uh, pause there while the pious among us stop listening. What bothered me was the second statement. I can't wrap my head around any reason why it would be helpful to tell people that. It certainly won't do anything to stop people from getting hurt, but it will offend those who have been. Well, that particular clip comes off of Relentless Safety Snake Bites with Jason Maldonado. That was episode number eight. Razors will never not be sharp. Anyways, let's go back around the world of podcasting and safety and let's get you to clip number four. One of the first jobs I had actually was being a, a sales person for a company that um, was an agent for what were called sip-in pumps, which mm -hmm. I'm sure you're way too young to remember, but they were small individual monitoring pumps that people wore in the factory mm -hmm. um, to monitor their exposure to organic solvents. Yeah. And um, so I helped him sell those for a while. So I got some sales experience. Mm -hmm. Um, met quite a few people. I think really it was a case of meeting as many people as possible yeah. and just trying to remember them mm -hmm. and um, keeping in touch with them. So lots and lots of amusing stories. It's really hard to pick out, <laughs> pick out any of them. But I suppose in a, to a large extent, I was pretty much self-taught. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I think my advice for anybody setting up a business is that it's all about your network. It's all about who you know, what you know about them, who they can introduce you to. Mm -hmm. It's all about following up with them, keeping in touch with people, and then they can recommend you and help you. Yeah. But um, it's really not for the faint-hearted because mm -hmm. there are quite a few disappointments that happen along the way. Mm -hmm. So you've yeah. got to be pretty resilient. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking that actually about the COVID. Mm -hmm. Because to start with, when we were working from home, obviously I was based in the house all day mm -hmm. with no computer access to anything like that, only a landline. And the highlight of the day for me would be if someone had paid us, and bearing in mind it would buy, be by cheque, I'd walk into the village where there was a bank, I'd pay the cheque in, and I'd, then I'd walk back a slightly different way mm -hmm. um, just to have a break and uh, then get on with the work again. <laughs> Well, that clip is coming to you from Safer Than Your Average Podcast, hosted by Blair Boyd. That was the episode featuring Shirley Parsons, also known as episode 30. Anyways, let's continue on down the path and talking about some other things going on around the safety pod. And here we go now with clip number three on Around the Safety Pod. Mix. 
and, and the other thing too is, is, is while we're on this conversation is what makes my walk a little bit more difficult is that in my ministry coaching aspect, my specialization is sexual assault domestic violence, intimate partner violence, right? And so that, you know, I'm trauma-informed, trained, and all this other type of stuff. So when I get into safety, like I said, I keep people safe. Um, I keep women and, you know, men, they they get violated as well. Um, you know, from these acts of violence, but the thing about it is, we never talk about the sexual assault. We never talk about the domestic violence that now becomes workplace violence. We, we, we kind of talk about it a little bit, but we don't really talk about it because we don't really want to go into all of that stuff because that happened at home. But I, there was an article once that says, when home comes to work, and I just start, I just took off running. I'm like, that's right, because home does come to work. And if there's domestic violence at, at home, it's going to be workplace violence at work. Um, I can tell you the number of women that I mentor that have been sexually assaulted at work. Wow. As safety people, yeah. you're a safety person. There's nothing but guys. Somebody assaults you, and you're just supposed to take it or not say anything if you want to continue being a safety person. Yeah. And I'm like, this should not happen in today's day and time, right? Yeah. It should, but it does. Well, that clip comes to you from episode 101 from the Safety Consultant Podcast. And that is the episode with Cassandra Dillon from my friend, Sheldon Primus. Let's continue going down the path and talking about what is going on on Around the Safety Pod right now. In the mix. Well, the reason I kind of wanted to cover this today, Dan, and... and uh, this will, this will probably be a very short episode, but it's timely. Um, there's a deadline that's coming right up. Uh, so let's back up a little bit and talk about what, what you're required to do for, for OSHA recording of injuries and reporting. So OSHA has a series of forms um, called the 300 series. And on an OSHA 300, you write in your recordable accidents. So accidents that are injuries, I guess injuries or illnesses would be the best way to put it that meet a certain criteria. And they, they say in the, uh, in the form itself and in the instructions, it'll say what that criteria is. So you record the accidents that happened at your workplace that year. Um, at the end of the year, you summarize it on OSHA 300A and you have that summary data and you post it from February 1st to April 30th every year. And then for each accident that you've logged on your 300 log, there's a 301 form. And that form is detailed information about each of those injuries or illnesses. So most people um, don't use a 301. You're allowed to use a substitute form as long as it has the same information. So you could use an accident report, for example, instead of the 301. So most people are keeping these OSHA 300s and then doing the 300A at the end of the year and then posting it from February through April. Okay, well, that clip has come to you from Spot on Safety from iWorkWise. That is episode 30, OSHA 300 reporting. Anyway, so now we have made it to our number one clip from around the safety pod. And here we go now. Enjoy it now, 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 now,
It's a very small amount of people compared to the population of a country that's <laughs> debate on Twitter. So yeah, um, it's still important though. It's still important though. It's, it is. Yeah, it's still important stuff going on there. I just wish. I just. I. I, I find it very upsetting and sad and quite disappointing that it's got to that at least on some level because I feel like there's some really good people with some great ideas and if mm-hmm. we all could, I know it sounds a bit utopian but I just think mm-hmm. why why are people falling out with each other it's, and why do people feel like what's most important here is to be right rather than to support service users and to support a better mental health system and it feels yeah. like sometimes people feel like it's more important to be right than to than to actually do something positive for you know social change in this area and maybe I'm but also I also I think um Helen uh, like there's there's opportunities that are pretty clear for compromise that don't seem to be grasped like yeah. one side doesn't like the diagnostic system thinks it's really bad and there's this new alternative the power threat meaning framework and that has to be you know the best the other side thinks oh no absolutely no we just need diagnosis just you know sit around the table <laughs> and and just yeah. you know decide that you can choose between one of them i mean it's, it's so easy you know they could just do it tomorrow well, i guess the problem is is that the People would say, "Well, I, I am right," and that because um, I'm saying, "Well, there's a, I'm making a binary distinction here between being right and changing the mental health system for the better." And I guess some people would say, "Well, the only way to change the mental health system for the better is to do this and this and and those two things, like for example, diagnosis and." anti-diagnosis cannot coexist in the same world mm-hmm. that they are intrinsically oppositional I don't necessarily think that's true but I can see how the framing of it is and I guess for me the problem is that those debates are not equal and I guess mm-hmm. that's why they become so fractious and so unpleasant is there's inequality and power and abuse wrapped up within it mm-hmm. and I think yeah, you're right. There are a huge amount of opportunities. And what I think what disappoints me is how those opportunities are constantly squandered. Mm-hmm. Anytime people get a chance to get together and actually have these conversations, we, we and I mean me in this as well, I'm not saying I'm any better than anyone else in this, mm-hmm. is we don't seem to be able to grasp those opportunities and do something better with them. We seem to constantly reproduce the very problems that we're trying to um, overcome rather than you know we can see the problems clearly but in what we do we reproduce them rather than kind of resolve them or get or do something different and I think that's what's so depressing it's like the same with capitalism isn't it mm-hmm. you know whilst we criticize capitalism we hate it but what we tend to do is reproduce the very things that capitalism does to us mm-hmm. going and it's like how do we get out of that how do we start to behave in ways that are compassionate well that clip came to you from a place of safety episode 36 so that's going to sum up our show for today 10 clips around the world of safety less than 30 minutes could your favorite show make it onto the episode if not you can come out to safety fm plus and let us know what is going on and why did your show not make the cut maybe it will be on next time 
you want to take a listen to the previous episodes of Around the Safety Pod, you can find them at safetyfmplus.com. Once you get there, you can download the app and watch them anywhere. And I mean anywhere. Anyways, this will bring us off to an end of this episode. I would like to thank Dr. Todd Conklin for the inspiration of doing this lovely show and to you for taking a listen to what is going on right here. We'll be back in a very short period of time with another episode of Around the Safety Pod. I'll see ya. This episode has been powered by Safety FM.